God is good? And all the time? Well, thank you. What a great opportunity we just had this morning to worship the Lord. And uh, I hope that was just not a statement we make that we realize and acknowledge. God is good, and uh, I'm thankful for all God has done in my life. Uh, Turn with me in your Bible to Genesis chapter number 1, Genesis chapter 1 this morning. And as we think about this morning, I want to say uh, welcome to all of us, those of you that are watching on Facebook. We have a lot of you. Just, hey, do us a favor, drop in the comments there where you're watching from. We have people really all over the world that are watching on Facebook, and uh, sometimes uh, we, you know put a bad name on technology, but sometimes it's really, really good. And uh, so this morning we're starting a new series uh, called Long Story Short. Now, I think there's two types of people in the room this morning. I think there's the type of people that get to the point of the story, and there's the other half of you, right? So how many of you know someone, and you're just so thankful when you hear the words, well, to make a long story short? Short. How many of you know somebody like that? How many of you live with somebody like that? Okay. Um, You know what's funny to me is that most of the time when people say that, they've already talked so long. I've I've like so checked out. You guys, you guys notice that? Like, you're not doing what you said you're going to do. You know. Uh, Maybe some of you feel like that every Sunday morning when you come in here. I'm, I'm not sure about that. I'm. I'm not really one to give all the details and tell a long story. That's just not really who I am. My problem is, though, that I get sidetracked during the middle of my story thinking about another story, and I forget the story that I'm telling. Does anyone do that? Okay, how many of you live with somebody like that? You know, my kids and my wife hate when I do that. I'm like, what was I even talking about? I don't even remember. And they, they've checked out. They don't know either. Uh, and so we're going to put that to test the next few weeks. Long story short. And so we're going to give this like big 30,000 view, uh, foot view of the Bible. And and I think we can break it into really five different scenes or five themes that we're going to talk about. So today is creation. Uh, Next week we're going to talk about chaos and sin. And and then the third week, covenant. And then Christ uh, and the church. And so today is obviously as we're in Genesis chapter 1, we're talking about creation this morning. And it says right there in the very first verse, right? In the beginning, in the beginning, God did what? Created. God created the heavens and the earth. And there's a lot of theology in this one verse. In the beginning, God. You know, God was there before the beginning. God was there as a part of the beginning. And God is there now after the beginning. God has always been and God will always be. That he's outside of time and space. And, and that just kind of, the reality is for us, we can't really wrap our brains around everything about God. And, and the reality is if you could wrap your brain around everything about God, then he would cease to be God, right? And so as we kind of talk about in the beginning God created, there's an important reason for us to believe what God said. It's important for us to believe that God really did create everything, that God is the author of life. And we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. We have a tendency in when we read the Bible, we have a tendency to put ourselves as the hero of the story. 
Have you noticed this summer has been like the summer of all uh, repeating all of these Disney movies or old movies, right? So how many of you have seen the, the remake of Lion King or what, what else is there? Toy Story 4 and then Aladdin of this remake. How many of you have watched all these this summer? It's funny as we went a couple of those, all four of us, you know, our quote-unquote grown children and us go and see Toy Story 4 together and uh, and, and then Lion King, right? We, we saw that many years ago. And in fact, um, I would like to tell you that I remembered this, but my wife told me this, that we saw uh, the movie Aladdin on our honeymoon, all right? So that's been a few years ago, almost, well, almost 26 years ago. Now, it is 26 years. We just had our anniversary. I should remember this. 26 years ago. It's August. Is it August already? Wow, it's crazy. It's August. But we have a tendency to look and read the Bible with the, really the lens of, of the fairy tale and that we're the hero of the story. And the truth is, we're not the hero of the story. You know, a few weeks ago in Connect Groups, I talked about uh, uh, King David and that he rescued Mephibosheth. Remember, Mephibosheth was one of Solomon's sons and was paralyzed and and. When we look at that story, a lot of times we want to we project ourselves as the hero, as David. And David is not a picture of me or you, but David is a picture of Jesus. And really, we are Mephibosheth, that Jesus came to rescue as David rescued him. And so when we read the Bible, and we, we take this next few weeks to kind of get this big picture of what the Bible is and what the Bible sets up for us, we must understand the Bible is not about us. The Bible is about God. God is the hero of the story. History that we read, it's his what? His story. So in the beginning, God created. On your outline this morning, there in your bulletin, have this quote. It says, if human history is a book that God is writing, wise is the man who knows his page number and stays on it. I love that statement. In, in other words, a, a simple way to say this would be to know to know your role. Like if you've been on a sports team, you know your role, right? That you're maybe the bench player or you go get the water for everyone else. I, I was reminded of this when I was thinking through this. Uh, when I was about fifth or sixth grade, and, and uh, of course we, we were always into sports, and, and uh, we never really got selected for the all-star team because we wouldn't play on Sunday. Uh, and so we would always, you know, kind of get picked, and it's like, oh, wait, yeah, the Haley boys won't play on Sunday. Forget them, basically, was what happened. So one day, uh, one time during our basketball season, the, uh, my coach that coached uh, our, our team decided we, he was going to put his own all-star team together. So we got our own all-star team together. We go to this uh, all-star tournament, and we, we just destroyed everybody. And I would like to tell you this morning it was because of how good I was. Let's just let's end the story there. Now, there, there was this guy, uh, his name, I, I, don't, I, I think he might have been an angel. I don't know because I've never seen him since, before, after. He just showed up on our team. His name was Colin Love. I remember his name. That's the only time I ever remember seeing him was this weekend at this tournament. And we were fifth and sixth graders. I think the kid could dunk the basketball in sixth grade. I mean, he was so good. And we destroyed everyone. And I was like, man, I'm pretty good. But you know what my role that, that weekend was? 
get the ball to that guy. There's no reason for me to shoot it or touch it, just like hobbitate and give it to him. And so when we read Scripture, if human history is the book that God is writing, why is a man who knows his page number and stays on it? Let's keep reading. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 through 5 here says, The earth was out form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from darkness and called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. And you notice in, in the next really 23 verses, we won't take time to read it all, but you notice this statement over and over again. Okay, so in, in verse 3 we just read it. We talks about God created earth and, and space and time and light, and, and he said it was good. And then if you look at verse number 10, he created the atmosphere and he said it was good. Verse 13, he created dry land and the plants and he said it was good. And verse number 18, sun, moon, and stars, and he said it was what? Good. The sea and flying creatures in verse 21, and it was good. Verse 25, he created land and animals. Day six, and it was good. Now remember that because we're going to get back to that in a moment. But when you see this word good, 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 over and over and over, each day as he created, God looked on his creation, he said it was good. Well, what does this word mean? It means pleasurable or pleasing. That it gave God pleasure to create. It gave God pleasure. It brought him glory. It was pleasing to him to create. And I, I want you just to write this down real quick because we're going to take time to, to think about this. When we think about creation, I can't help but think of this. Uh, seven spiritual pathways. Just write that down. Seven spiritual pathways. Okay, we're not going to take time to talk about it, but just Google that when you get home, okay? It talks about how we most connect with God. When I think about creation, it makes me think of the spiritual pathways, because uh, when I'm most connected with God, as this seven spiritual pathways spells out for me, is that I'm most connect- I feel most connected to God when I'm outside in his creation. Okay? And I think about when God spoke the worlds into existence. Let there be light, and there was light. And for most of us, that's really, really hard for us to comprehend, because we've never lived in a world where we didn't just... We weren't just able just to flip on a light and there was lights. You guys are so sharp this morning. But God, before anything, spoke the worlds into existence and it brought him pleasure. And it brought him so much pleasure that for the next 23 verses, he creates and he creates and he creates. Look at verse number 24. We'll pick back up there. Then God said, let earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind, and so it was. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its God, kind. And God saw it was what? Good. It brought him pleasure. It brought him glory. And in all these things and that God created, and he said it was good, what is God's most prized creation? It's you. It's me. That God brought him pleasure 
to create you. I don't know if you caught the theme that seemed to show up in the songs that we were singing this morning was that, that God, he pursued you. And he pursued you because he created you. And, and we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit this morning of why would the God of the universe who created everything and spoke the worlds into existence create me and then why after he created me and I turned my back on him would he continue to pursue me remember the word Paul used in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 was that he created us and we are his workmanship or masterpiece let's keep reading verse 26 then God said let us make man in our own image According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. While there's a lot in those two verses, in verse 26 it says, Then God said, Let us. Right? So we have this God using word for plurality here, us. Three different times he says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And so we get a picture here of what theologians would later call the word Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You see this again in John chapter 1, right? And when referring to Jesus, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Verse 14, John chapter 1. But John chapter 1 and verse 1 says what? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God, and the Word was with God, and nothing was created that was created without the Word, Jesus. So we see the picture here of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There's also something really big we have to point out here. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You see, this is what separates us from the rest of creation, from the land and from the sky and from the waters and from all other animals because God created mankind in his own likeness, in his own image. He created us. Here's the big idea this morning as we we walk through this. God created us in his image. Why would he do that? Well, here's what it says. So we could live in love and holiness with him. You see, God created us for relationship. He desired for us to have a relationship with him. And he desired us in these two really important aspects that we're going to look at this morning. God created you not only to love you but that, so that you could love him back. God created you not only because he is holy, but he is wanting you also to be, what did he say? Be holy because I am holy. God formed us in his own image out of the dust of the ground. And he breathed very life into us. That's what Genesis 2, 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And you see a difference in this from the rest of creation that God breathed very life into us, giving us a soul which separates us from all other creation, that we are his masterpiece, we are his prized creation. And we think about everything that was good and everything that was good, and then he created mankind 
Let's keep reading verse 28. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God created. And then God, because it brought him such pleasure to create, tells mankind now also to create. And that's why we have this desire Sometimes we second-guess our desire, I know, but we have this desire to, to make many me's, right? To procreate and to see our kids in our image. You ever looked at your kids and you, you see the image of yourself in them and you, you kind of get a little bit of pride in you? Like, wow, man, he could throw the football pretty good. That's a lot like me. That wasn't a joke. I mean, that's just reality, Okay. But, but then sometimes, parents, you know, right, you, you see an image of yourself and your kids, and you're like, oh, that kid's got a temper, just like his mom, right, <laughs> or his grandpa. But, but there's no way for us to properly and to really understand when God created mankind and he breathed life into them, and it says it brought him pleasure to do so. Now, as a parent, we can somewhat grasp that, right? When our kids, you know, quote unquote, make us proud, you have that feeling of pleasure, joy. And I don't even think it, I, I don't think it even compares to what God feels toward you. And he created you in his very image. He breathed life into you. And it brought him pleasure. Try, to, try, if you can, to wrap your brain around that this morning. The God who has enough power, when, when the earth, before there was anything, and he spoke the worlds into existence. You ever go outside at night and look at the stars? And just think of how, how big it all is. And God spoke that into existence. And, and as beautiful as creation is, God's prized creation is not the mountains. It's not the ocean. It's not the galaxies and the stars and everything you can see. It's you. You are his prized creation. And in verse number 29, and God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields, see which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was what? Very good. I set you up for that one. It was very good. Over and over when he created the animals, the sea, the sky, it was good, it was good, it was good. But when, he, when creation was complete and he created man in his own image and he breathed very life into them, he says it was very good. 
But what does this mean for us? There's something, there, there's a few things missing in the garden, right? So God creates Adam and Eve and all the animals and he gives them authority. And he, he tells them to, to, to be fruitful and multiply. You guys know what that means, right? All the men said amen. You guys don't know what to say, but it's true. We won't talk about that this morning, but there's something missing from this. Because in the point of this story here, there's not really any rules yet. There's no churches yet. There's no government yet. Thank God. There's, there's no Bible. You see, Adam and Eve didn't need to get the Bible out to find out who God was. They could just talk with him. They could just have a conversation with him because God created them to be in a love relationship with them and to walk in holiness with him. And next week we're going to talk a little more about the chaos ensued because they couldn't follow the one rule. But let's think about this. So look with me in chapter 2. In chapter 2 we we see this choice that we have a choice to love God and we have a choice to follow uh, follow God in holiness. And and we're going to look at love first. And love is in in the second aspect of the second part of the chapter this morning. And we think about this. You remember a few months ago when Pastor Dave and I were up here on stage and, and we got on the seesaw or the teeter-totter and back and forth. But, but do you remember what, what we were trying to visualize there? We're trying to visualize the sovereignty of God, which the Scripture clearly teaches. And we were also trying to, to, to kind of explain a little bit about the free will of man or our man's responsibilities. You got on two things that don't really seem to ever jive with each other. They don't ever really seem to run parallel tracks here. They don't ever really seem to, it's really hard to, in fact, let me just rephrase that. It's impossible for us to really understand, but clearly in scripture, we see the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man. And we see it here that God created man perfect without sin, But he gave us a choice. And the reality is that this choice was God revealing that he loved us. It was God expressing his love to us. Because he could have easily created man without choice, without a free will. That we would just, you know, quote unquote be robots and do whatever God wanted us to do. But if we were forced to love God, is that real love at all? No. But so God created us with a choice to choose to love him and a choice to walk in holiness with him. Look at uh, Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So again, we're going to talk about the love aspect before we get to the holiness. It wasn't good that man was in isolation. It wasn't good that Adam was alone. And let me just pause for a moment to say that One of the defense mechanisms that all of us have is that when we get hurt or we think we're going to get hurt, uh, and and some of you right now this morning in this room, you're dealing with this, that you tend, we tend to isolate ourselves from relationships because we don't want to get hurt. And, And let's be honest, some of you, for good reason, you've been terribly hurt. But all of us have this defense mechanism to kind of isolate ourselves so in order to protect ourselves. And the reality is that when we isolate ourselves in trying to protect ourselves, we are actually the ones doing harm to ourselves. God doesn't want us, God never intended for us to live in isolation. 
especially as followers of Jesus. That's why over and over we're always trying to encourage you to get involved into a connect group that meet every Sunday morning at 9.30. Because in order for me to be the Christian that I need to be, honestly, I need you to be the Christian you need to be, and you need to help me, and I need to help you, and we need to do this thing together. And God saw Adam and said it's not good that he should be alone. Look at verse uh, 19. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to all the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up his flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And now creation is complete. See, God created us not only to walk in love with him, but to walk in love with one another. And God created us to walk in a love relationship with him and to walk in holiness with him. And so we think of this aspect of we are to love God and God created us. I, I love the, we went through the Bible study a few uh, months ago on Wednesday night, that, the uh, experiencing God. And one of the realities that he teaches in this study about experiencing God is that God is, uh, is pursuing you. And he's pursuing to have a love relationship with you that is real and personal. See, when I think of creation. God formed man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the very life into them. We realize that God is a personal God. He created us so that we could love him and so that he could express his love to us. But let's look at the aspect of holiness. Uh, verse 8, let's go back to Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 8. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree uh, grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So we see these two trees, right? And these two trees represent two completely different things. Verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, So here's the one rule. Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For the day that you eat, you shall surely die. You shall surely die. Now, when we understand what Scripture talks about death, Death literally means that we're going to be separated from God, our creator. So at the moment, and we're going to talk about this next week, but at the moment they ate of the fruit, did they surely die? Spiritually, yes. Because at that moment, the reason God created them for a love relationship, to walk in holiness, they broke that relationship. They were now separated because of sin from their Savior, from their Creator. And the truth is, all of us, when we are born, Scripture says we are born into sin. 
Pastor Dave quoted Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 earlier this morning. He said, God demonstrated his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so when we, when we think of this picture, look, look at your outline, these two trees. The tree of life. This tree, what did it represent? It represented the meeting place for their relationship with God. When you think of one word that the tree of life represented, it represented relationship. This is where they can meet with God. This is why, why Adam didn't need a Bible. He could go to the tree. He could meet with God. They lived in perfect relationship with their creator, with the purpose of which they were created for, to walk in love and to walk in holiness before a holy, righteous God. And this tree represents that fellowship, that relationship. It's that, it's that understanding that God is going to provide, that God is going to keep his promises, that God is going to bless me, that God is going to do every. God is my provider. But let's look at the next tree, the tree of knowledge. Represents self-reliance. So think of these two trees, and if we could think of what one word would represent what they mean, the tree of life would mean relationship. It would represent relationship. The, The tree of knowledge would then represent separation. Now let's break that down a little farther. Relationship then would signify life. Separation now would signify what? Death. That's what Paul wrote about. The wages of sin is death. Separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal what? Life. So you have one tree that represents life and relationship. You have one tree that represents our self-reliance. We want to be our own authority. And where does it lead us to? Sin and separation and death. See, what Satan didn't quite understand when he, when he uh, tempted Eve and deceived Eve in the garden. Because Satan made the same choice, didn't he? Satan chose to elevate himself and he thought he could be better than God. His pride got the best of him and God kicked him out of heaven. What Satan failed to realize when he got Eve to do the exact same thing was that God had created mankind in his own image. And that God, this story now, went from a creation story to a story of redemption. That God was going to do whatever it took to restore that relationship back to love and to holiness. And the rest of the Bible unfolds that story. The rest of the Bible is the story of God pursuing his creation. The rest of the Bible is the story of God pursuing you. The rest of the story is God pursuing us to have back what we lost in sin, the the relationship of love and holiness. But let's think about this for a moment this morning. Let's just take a moment to apply this to our own life. Because I think that these two trees can still represent our choices today. Our choices today are are no different really than Adam and Eve. And our choices today are this. These are the two trees. We're either going to walk in in life and we're going to walk in relationship and we're going to walk in holiness and we're going to walk in love with God or we are going to make the decision that we can do things on our own and we can live on our own authority and we can live life how we want to do it and we're going to break the relationship 
And I wonder for you this morning, you know, it, it makes, I can't help after we just spent the last few weeks talking about Amos. And remember in Amos chapter number four, over and over again, you see this statement five different times in the chapter as, as God brought judgment on the people and God's judgment on the people was always to bring them back to repentance, back into fellowship, back into relationship with him. That's what God has been doing all throughout the Bible is trying to get our attention, to get your attention, that he wants you to walk in love and holiness with him because that's where relationship takes place. And over and over, five different times in chapter 4, after God brings judgment on the nation of Israel, what is the haunting statement that I keep thinking about over and over is, yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. Here's what many of us do. We, We try to stand under both trees. God, I want to live, I love you, God, and I want to walk in holiness, God. But there's this one area of my life over here, God, that that I'm going to keep control of. And I'm I'm going to be the authority of this part. It's the same thing. We read it a few weeks ago in Amos, right? God said your worship is not acceptable to me because they wanted they wanted they wanted to live under both trees too. They wanted to worship God on Sunday and everything was great and let's go to church and let's celebrate. But, but God, don't ask me about this. Here's the great thing this morning about the Holy Spirit. And Dave mentioned earlier this morning when, when you give your life to Christ and God has gifted you to, with the Holy Spirit. And he said he's, he's gifted it to guide you, to instruct you, to convict you. So this morning in a room of this many people, I could probably, you know, I could probably name a bunch of sins that I think maybe you're, you're holding on to, some things that you're trying to keep control of, things that you're not ready to, to release to God. And, and let's be real honest this morning. If you're trying to live under both trees, Jesus talked about that in Matthew chapter number 6. You can't serve two masters. It was one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And if you're trying to do both, what God says, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, is you're going to love one and you're going to despise the other. And if you're trying to live under both trees, can we just be honest this morning? God God does not accept second place. What are the words we sang this morning? Above all else. And we, you, you sang it very powerfully this morning, but here's what I'm afraid of, that we're still trying to live under both trees. And I don't have to name all the sins that I think maybe you might be dealing with. I got my own that I'm dealing with. But here's the great part about the Holy Spirit. If you're listening this morning, he's told you what it is. He's told you how you're trying to straddle the fence or how you're trying to enjoy the shade from both trees. And I'm, I'm praying this morning that if you're trying to get the shade from both trees, that whatever that is that you've kept control of, that you haven't released to God, that's kept you from walking in love and holiness with your creator, even though he sent his son to die in your place, 
that you'll make a decision today. I'm walking away from that tree. All that tree does is bring separation, misery, and me thinking I'm in control. And I'm going to come down this morning. I'm going to, I, I, this symbol of this altar is going to be, I'm going I'm to come down here this morning. I, I'm going to place everything back under the tree of life. I'm going to repent. I'm going to say, God, you're first. Above all else, God, you're all I need. Because we're, we're about to sing that this morning. And let's not be guilty like the Israelites to be quick to sing the songs of worship. But be like Adam and Eve and choose to try to straddle and to enjoy both trees. Would you close your eyes for a moment? You are God's prized creation, his masterpiece, his work of art. He created you to walk in love and holiness. And I'm afraid that many of us, many of us are choosing the wrong tree. And I'm going to ask you this morning that as God has revealed to you through the Holy Spirit what area of your life you need to give back to Him, that you'll quit trying to take control of this situation or that relationship or make excuses of why it's okay for you, even though the Bible clearly says it's not okay. And that this morning you'll make that decision. I'm going to repent. And I'm going to walk back over to the tree of life and relationship with my Creator. God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for the fact that, that we as your creation, that you continually pursue us. God, I pray this morning that as you have spoke to our hearts this morning about whatever it is in our life that we continually go back to or we put in place of you or the sin in our life that we've made excuses for, Lord, that this morning we would make a decision. We choose you. That you are all we need that above all else we will worship you, that above everything else we will serve you, that we will walk in love with you and we will walk in holiness with you. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me this morning. And as we stand this morning, there's gonna be some of us that are standing down here at the front. Maybe this morning when Pastor Dave talked about God's love and a relationship with him. Maybe God spoke to you this morning about, I, I don't know what that even looks like. We're going to be down here this morning if, if you would like to know what it means to walk in a relationship with Christ. We would love to share that with you. This morning, if you just want to come and pray with one of us, we would love to do that. But if you want to just come by yourself this morning as a couple, as a family, as an individual, and just say, God, I'm putting that away. 
you really are all I need. Above all else, I pursue you. Let's sing together and let's worship together this morning.